0: Good morning, York Alliance. This is Pastor Asa with the daily podcast for Tuesday, January second. Uh, there's part of me that still is refusing to believe that it's 2024. Uh, 2023 was a very full year uh, for my family and I, and in in both some really uh, difficult ways and some really good ways. Um, one of which, you know, coming to York, and it's been a uh, been here for about six months now. And it's been wonderful. The, the ways that you all have uh, made us feel welcome and just loved us really well and encouraged us along the way has been such a gift uh, that we, we are so grateful for. So thank you for that. Uh, but in any case, it is 2024, and so we're going to move forward. Uh, so this last Sunday on New Year's Eve, we, there we, had a, we had a standalone sermon based on the prodigal son, it wasn't part of any uh, particular series. And so for the podcast this week, we are going to look at this parable from the vantage point of how we define a disciple here at York Alliance. So as uh, most of you know, the way we define a disciple is someone who is uh, with Jesus and becomes like Jesus and does the things that Jesus did. And so that's, that's the vantage point that we're going to kind of approach this parable from. And so that first part of being with Jesus Uh, actually reminds me of why Jesus actually preached and taught this parable and others like it kind of in the first place. The parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep and the dishonest manager and a few others, uh, of of course, including the prodigal son, are ones that he told uh, for a very specific reason. And in Luke 15, the first two verses there, we find out why. It says that the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And so that is why Jesus started to tell all these parables. Uh, but that, that little piece of the tax collectors and the sinners were drawing near to him, that reminded me of this part of being a disciple. This first part is being with Jesus and how important that is. So I want to ask, what does it look like for you and I to draw near to Jesus? You know, or what could it look like? You know, you know let's let's uh, envision things a little bit here of what what it could look like, and not as a New Year's resolution, not as this thing where we're going to add these fifteen ways in which we're going to engage our relationship with Jesus, and then find ourselves struggling to do that by the second week of January, and then. Doing nothing. So we're not going to treat it like that. We're just going to treat it as: hey, what's the next step? What does it look like for me to draw near to Jesus? What's the one way that He's inviting me uh, to engage him? But just looking at these first two verses of Luke 15, we find really two ways. One is that we have to admit and even just confess that we are broken and rebellious uh, sinners towards God. Uh, No one needed to convince the these quote-unquote sinners and tax collectors and these other people who were looked down upon obviously by by the culture at that time and so they were very well aware that they were uh, they were they were the the latter half they were the the bottom of the barrel of society and so for us we have to remember that like that's really the first part the minute that we start thinking higher of ourselves that we have something that we can offer god on our own apart from what he's done for us that we are like inherently good people that is when we start to drift away from him and actually not draw near to him we actually uh, drift away and so that's the, that's the first part of it. it actually reminds me of of the uh the book of ecclesiastes i just kept Having that come to mind as I was preparing for the sermon and uh, the little summary that I r- jotted down uh, several years ago for Ecclesiastes r- reminded me of this um, that when we, f- we finally admit the vanity and the vexation that we feel, uh, that uh, when we chase after the wind by following our wandering appetites and treating short term gifts as if they were long term saviors. Kind of a mouthful there uh, for the entire book of Ecclesiastes and we finally admit that what we're doing is empty, like the ways that we try to find joy and try to make ourselves happy, and we take all these gifts of God and treat them as if they were like the Savior himself, that they are the source of joy, and that'll make ourselves happy, just like the sinners and tax collectors of Jesus's day. They were convinced that there were other ways to finding joy. Uh, And Ultimately, it left them feeling empty. They, these tax collectors thought they were going to make themselves rich, but they found themselves at odds with an entire society and not really belonging anywhere, and they found out that it was empty. So when we come to the end of ourselves, when we remember yet again that we are like the prodigal son, we are like the dishonest manager, like realizing that we can't fix things on our own, we come to the end of our own rope, that's when we return to the Father. That's when we are able to receive anything from the father when we're able to receive the embrace from him that's that is the first time and it's not that we just do that one time and we're good i think most of you know and just is just a reminder that we have to continually come to jesus admitting that we are beggars before his throne but then once we once we're in that spot once we uh, admit and readmit our own lostness that is the moment that we are found that's the moment when we're able to draw near to him in this, uh, sweet fellowship uh, with him, this, this intimacy with, with Jesus. And so one kind of thought there that I would encourage you with is actually one that uh, Pastor Taylor mentioned when we were meeting, uh, I forget, maybe a month or two ago, she said, you know, we waste time with our friends, you know, why don't we waste time with Jesus? And of course, what she was meaning is that not that we're actually wasting time, but that we're just, just with him. Like, we waste time on so many things, like death scrolling on Facebook or TikTok or whatever. Um, And and we will waste time with that, but why don't we waste time with Jesus? And, of course, the irony there is that wasted time with Jesus is actually time well spent. (laughs) So that could look like a bunch of different things, really. If you're driving to work, just in your mind's eye, like, talk to him. He's sitting in the passenger seat uh, just with you. Just have that conversation with him. Spend time with him. You know, if you uh, if you get up early and just get a cup of coffee or tea or whatever your drink of choice would be or your uh, glass of water or something, just sit with Jesus and just talk to Him, or say nothing and just listen, or just enjoy uh, silence and solitude with Him. Just be with Him. Uh, So I want to kind of encourage you to quote unquote waste time with Jesus. Just spend time where you're not being productive or you're not trying to fill the void with some kind of noise or some kind of productivity, but your body and your mind are just still, even if your mind is racing. Like sometimes that is the case for me. And like, I, I've encouraged people and I myself like have like a, some people call it a breath prayer or something like a verse, uh, in the Bible that you can kind of bring yourself back to kind of like a dock that you can, you know, tie up your wandering mind to. Uh, so for me, it's um, the idea of, hey, s- my soul, be still and know that he is God. Just return to that place. Maybe for you, it's something different. Uh, so I do want to have a, a bit of an addendum to that and a little question. As you draw near to Jesus, as you have your quiet time or devos or rule of life or whatever you want to call it, um, how do you feel about yourself when you neglect to draw near to Jesus? Like, how would you describe the face and the posture of God towards you? is he frowning is he like uh, tapping his foot and going tisk tisk tisk? can't believe you're doing that you know um or how about when you do draw near to him does your heart subtly whisper to you that like maybe he loves you more or thinks more highly of you so really when you regardless of whether you do draw near to jesus or you neglect to i would always also ask yourself like how do i f- how do i see god uh, in God's posture and face towards me as a result of what I did or didn't do, because uh, that'll oftentimes also reveal how we relate to the Father. Our hearts can be very deceptive, as we all know, um, but praise God, as, as John the disciple told us in one of his epistles, God is greater than our hearts. So remember uh, today that it is God who first loved you, uh, and thereby gives you everything you need to reflect that love back to him and on to others. Have a great rest of your day and I'll be back with you later on this week.